One of the most common coverage questions that we're getting these days is malpractice insurance for 1099 providers. Folks who have decided to transition away from being a W-2 employee and who want to work on their own. So what are the coverage options for 1099 providers? How do you switch your malpractice insurance from employee to contractor? We've got answers for you today. Stay tuned. Welcome to Malpractice Insights, the show dedicated to helping healthcare professionals understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. My name is Jennifer Wiggins, CEO of Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. All right, let's jump in. When you are a W-2 employee, your malpractice insurance is usually provided for you by your employer. So chances are you probably don't know much about the policy that you have today. But before we jump into how to transition your coverage from W-2 to 1099, let's start with some foundational information, figuring out your current policy details. First things first, you need to get a copy of your current certificate of insurance to see what you have in place today. Here are the things that you need to look for on your certificate. First, check and see who the insurance carrier is. This information can be found in the top right-hand section of your certificate of insurance if you have an accord form. Or if it's a carrier-issued certificate, the insurance carrier name should be easily identifiable at the top of the page. Why do you need to know this? Well, you'll want to make note of the carrier name in case you have any questions about your coverage or need to report a claim. And when you go to apply for new malpractice insurance in the future, you'll have to list who you were covered with before. Also on the certificate of insurance, take a look at what type of policy you have in place. Is it an occurrence policy or claims made policy? This information can be found about three quarters of the way down the page on your accord form. Or if you have a carrier issued certificate, it should disclose the policy type in the main section of the document. If you have an occurrence policy, it will be easy enough for you to switch your coverage since tail insurance is not required on the occurrence form. If you have a claims made policy, you'll need to take some additional steps. Tail insurance is required upon cancellation of a claims made policy, and most of the time your employer will make you buy it before you leave. Sometimes the practice will cover the cost, but you should be prepared to make that purchase on your own if necessary. There is, however, an alternative to buying tail insurance that you should consider as well. Most malpractice insurance companies allow you to continue your claims made protection by simply transferring that coverage to a new carrier. When you go to apply for new malpractice insurance, you'll want to ask for claims made coverage that includes your prior acts. This just means that the new insurance carrier is picking up your old policy retroactive date and then they will take over the exposure and continue covering you for that risk along with your new policy going forward. This option simply defers the need for you to buy tail insurance until a later time. If you have a claims made policy and you're interested in this deferral option, you'll need to make sure that your employer agrees before proceeding with the request. 
Okay, so now we've got some foundational information under our belts. Let's turn now to setting up your new malpractice insurance as a 1099 provider. Most 1099 providers maintain their own individual malpractice insurance, which allows them to control their policy and work wherever they want without limitations. When you're getting quotes for a new policy, here are some key things to consider. First, where do you plan on working? If you plan on staying in the same state that you're currently working in and have no immediate plans to expand outside of your current location, then you can just look for local insurance carriers, regional carriers, or even national carriers to offer you some pricing. But if you plan on working in multiple states, or you want to have the flexibility to do so in the future, then you need to make sure that the carrier you select for your new policy can grow with you as your practice expands. Second, be sure to get quote options for both claims made and occurrence policies and ask your agent to price out the next five years so that you can see how the rates change in the future and can plan accordingly. Remember that occurrence policies cost a little more on an annual basis, but their rates are stable, meaning there's no stepping up in price and there is no tail insurance required when you cancel an occurrence policy. Claims made policies start out at a low rate and then increase in price every year for about five years until they reach the mature premium. Claims made policies also require tail insurance upon cancellation, which is a one-time purchase due shortly after your coverage ends. So plan on budgeting about two times your premium to buy your tail. We have several past episodes that go over the differences between claims made and occurrence coverage, including some that give some examples of premium and in which scenarios it might make sense for you to choose one over the other. So I would highly encourage you to check out those shows after you're done with this one today. So we'll link those in the show notes for you. The third thing for you to do when you're getting ready to set up a new 1099 policy is to make sure you're getting all of the necessary discounts, especially if you'll only be working part-time. The beauty of 1099 work is that you get to call the shots, so you can work as much or as little as you want. Take a look at the average number of hours that you'll be working per week and make sure to provide that information to your agent so that you can get credits applied to your premium. The underwriter is going to be looking at your average hours. So if, for example, you're only going to be working one week per month, then you're likely only going to be averaging 10 to 12 hours a week, depending on your workload. Similarly, if you're going to work one month on, one month off, you can do the math for that as well. You'll want to take into account your total hours worked at all of your contracted locations when you're coming up with this number. But here is a tip for you. Let's say that you're contracted at two locations and at one of those locations, the malpractice insurance is actually being provided for you. That means that your actual numbers that you need insurance for might actually put you in that part-time category. For most carriers, part-time credits will start at around 20 to 25 hours per week. All right, we've covered a lot of ground today. I wanted to point you to one other resource that might be helpful for you as you get ready to transition from W-2 to 1099. We have another previous episode all about the steps that you should take as you get ready to leave a practice. So we'll link that for you in the show notes today as well. So please take a few minutes to check that one out when you're done with this. 
If you have any questions on this topic or you want to make sure that you're covered appropriately, click the link in the description box below where you can connect with us via phone, email, or chat today. And if you're listening, please visit us online at aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S malpractice.com. By the way, we have our new link that's now live on our website where you can submit your questions to our mailbag for me to answer on air. We'll drop a link in the show notes for you where you can submit your inquiries. And who knows, your question could be featured on our next show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, please don't forget to give us a like or a follow. And I'd really love to get your feedback if you could please leave a review. Your support really does help us to reach more people. And we're grateful for your clicks and your kind words. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.